Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam, before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh my god, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and after a long series of dropped Zoom calls and frustrated friends, I've installed a new router in my recording studio, aka my guest room. I'm by no means a member of the Geek Squad, though, so if I disappear mid-episode, that's why. Please enjoy whatever happens today responsibly. As we all know, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I put a sandwich under a box and waited for a couple of dudes to wander into my trap. And they are... (laughs) Ryan, your music connoisseur. Pedro, your mixologist. And it wasn't a sandwich so much as a ham and cheese Lunchables. (laughs) Just as good, if (laughs) you ask me. (laughs) And our guest today is an incredibly talented and prolific musician. She's collaborated with the likes of Joanna Newsom, Andrew Bird, and Meryl Garbus of Tune Yards, and has put out a string of amazing music on her own dating all the way back to 2005. She ties themes of personal growth, family relationships, and political activism into a delicious blend of folk, country, blues, and pop with her band Tau and the Get Down Stay Down. Today, she's here to talk to us all about her publication, For the Record, which documents the process of making her seventh studio album. She's an artist, an activist, a playwright, and one of the most impressive voices we've had on the show to date. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Townwind to the show. Hi, y'all. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. We're very excited to get underway, but I think first we all need to check in. Uh, What has everyone been listening to this week? Uh, I can go first. Um, I've been going back to 
an old favorite of mine, an all-time favorite of mine, a duo called Chester French from like 2009. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, they're, they're still one of my favorite bands. I wish they were still making music, hopefully one day. But um, for anyone who doesn't know, Chester French is a duo who was on uh, Pharrell Williams' uh, label Star Trek. Their first album, Love the Future, is amazing. They came out with a second album called Music for Teenagers. And I don't know. I, I don't know what took me back to it, but it is still some of my favorite music of all time. Um, I love singing to them. I just love listening to everything they do. Um, so look them up if you don't know who they are. Chester French. Fun fact, I saw them when they opened for Blink-182's reunion tour in 2009. That lineup was Chester French, Taking Back Sunday, Weezer, and Blink-182. Okay, so I went to one of those Blink-182 shows, and oh, I, was, yeah? I was so mad that it wasn't Chester French uh, they switched him. They switched them out for Asher Roth at the one I went to, oh. which I still loved. I still it's loved. Still Asher, good. I still loved Asher Roth, but I was like, ah, oh, Chester French, mm. <laughs> amazing stuff. Um, who wants to take this away next? I'll go. I've been listening to. Um, well, I've been having to write and uh, work on the computer, not recording, just um, just typing up prose and uh, different essays and whatever. Things that uh, I I need to focus on, but when I listen to music, when I'm writing, I can't have anything with lyrics um, mm. because I get so distracted. And uh, and what I found um, has been working so well is Thelonious Monk and uh, different, uh, mainly primarily Straight No Chaser and a few others. I've been uh, steadily pecking away at the piano, and so it's so nice to listen to a genius play mm-hmm. and then just yeah. um aspirationally listen and hope that it uh, is a, <laughs> that i absorb it <laughs> through my hands that's amazing stuff um i can take it next so i've been listening to primarily two different things and i'm actually not able to talk about one of them because it's still under embargo for another couple weeks but the one i will <laughs> talk about uh i recently discovered beach bunny I, I think I've mentioned before that I'm not on TikTok, but what I do is I keep track of TikTok trends. And I saw that their cl- uh, song Cloud Nine was going viral. I'm like, I need to check out this band. And they are a four piece led by, um, I'm going to butcher her name. It's Lily Trifiolo. Trifiolio. Trifiolio. She's really talented. She's amazing. She's from Chicago. She makes just really raw. Um, indie rock music sounds a lot like courtney barnett's very emotional stuff too it's just like stripped down emo and it's amazing fast stuff their album honeymoon put out on mom and pop records check that out i think i texted you guys immediately when i was listening to it and i'm like why haven't why hasn't anyone told me about beach bunny i needed this (laughs) so yeah go check that out we just know you're too busy listening to unreleased stuff that's on embargo, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Not to flex or anything. <laughs> Mom and Pop. Oh, undefeated uh, record, Mom and Pop. It's funny you mentioned Blink-182. I decided to put on K-Rock last night, LA and Orange County's only new rock, um, which I hadn't done in ages. And I happened to catch it on a new program they have called Ar- Alterna Lido, which is their Latin alternative artist spotlight that they do on Sunday nights. And um, I was totally I'm shocked that they kind of uh, made this happen, have been doing this. And so they interviewed a group called uh, Sotomayor last night that really uh, blew me away. And also we're like asking the DJ in the studio what equipment he was using, which I feel like I don't normally hear on commercial, you know, radio stations. Um, 
So, so that's been, that's been good. So it's a Mayor's uh, Kema track. I'm going to have to check that one out for sure. And thank you, everyone. This week's playlist is already off to a strong start. I don't know about you, though, but I think it's time we went into the bar. Um, you know, it's really more of a state of mind than a physical bar. And it's our <laughs> happy little place to get us through the interminable nightmare of quarantine. But it looks like it might not be interminable anymore. I got my fingers crossed that the vaccines can outstrip the spread of infection but let's not let's not focus on that now (laughs) (laughs) so to get into this imagination like this imaginary bar tau we need to Mm. show the equally imaginary imaginary bouncer your id what have you brought with you today well i've brought these tiny little bells that i got in la uh a, a few years ago and i i try to use them on as many recordings as i can and also um, whenever I'm a guest on a podcast, actually, this is the first time that I've done this sort of podcast, but, uh, I'm so happy that there's an opportunity to share them and to hear them too. Oh, the door opened on its own. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just wait, just wait till California reopens this. I'm going to get in everywhere. <laughs> I love that. And what do you know? It worked. The bouncer, it seems, will take anything. And we're very (laughs) grateful for that. (laughs) Welcome to the Tunes and Tumblers bar. I know it probably still looks like a Zoom chat, but trust me, it is much cozier in here. (laughs) Ryan, let's set the mood with some tunes. What are we listening to today? We are listening to the Phenom Enol album Temple by Tao and the Get Down Stay Down, released in May 2020 on Ribbon Music. Awesome. I can't wait to get underway with this. Pedro, do you have something that we can drink to this? I do. I very much do. So, um, Tao, I did a little bit of reading up on, you know, Temple. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved uh, the story of, you know, you you and the band heading to Vietnam and you taking your mother. And it's sort of um, being a, I think, I think I read somewhere that you called it uh, a, a personal uh, ex- excavation. Mm-hmm. I think I think you said something to that effect. Um, and so I loved this idea of, of sort of digging into your history, your roots and your past and 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 having that bring something out. So I kind of wanted to um, sort of tip the hat to that with that with this drink. Um, so I started, of course, with the idea of Vietnam and uh, flavors and, and recipes and stuff that might come from there. And I found a dessert that I really liked that was striking to me. It was a three colored dessert. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly, but uh, Che Bamao. Yeah, bao mao. Bao mao. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, so yeah, the three colored dessert was really. I was like, oh, that's great. Like, and that could make a great drink. Um. So, and I, and I liked the idea of it having layers and sort of digging, getting going deeper and deeper in something new each time. Um. Each time you get to another layer. So, this drink takes some time to make. Um. And it's it's sort of separated into the darker reddish brown color at the bottom, something nice and creamy in the middle, and then the green on top. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you want to take a look in the chat, there's a picture of it um, that you can look at so you can see while I explain. So the bottom layer is a mix of coffee liqueur, coconut milk and grenadine um, thrown into wow. the bottom. So it's nice and it, it's very uh, it's got it's very flavorful, a little bit bitter. It's got a tinge of like almost even a um, almost like a, a, a licorice almost to it. But it's nice and sweet and it's not too much. It's, it's really good. Um, and then you pack a bunch of ice on top of that. And then the middle 
is a mix of rum, uh, banana liqueur, and more coconut milk. So it gives it a nice creamy look. Um, mm-hmm. It's good and strong, but still keeps that sweetness to it. And there's a little bit of grated ginger in there as well, just to give it some some aroma. Nice. And the top is packed with more ice and drizzled with uh, Midori, which is a sweet, delicious melon liqueur. Um, and so the, it's it's just nice and vibrant. It's sweet and refreshing. Um, and then it's garnished with a little bit of uh, lemongrass and mint. So you get some some more some more flavors and just some good smells in there. And I've, I've got one right here. Um, and it is really good. <laughs> I've never been more jealous in my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> delicious. Uh, it's pretty good. And I'm calling it um, a marrow just because of the idea of getting down to what's really inside and, and all that. So this is a marrow in honor of Temple. I'm looking at the photo you've put in the chat, Pedro, and there's even like a little hummingbird uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> garnish at the at the edge. God, you know, once upon a time, Tao, we did this podcast in person before. <laughs> before there, was, there was a time. <laughs> yes. Um, before COVID. And it's been over a year now, and I can't believe I've been deprived of Pedro's cocktails for that long. <laughs> Every single week. Oh, I, I can only imagine the pain now that I've seen the picture of one. Yeah. I hate to do That's this, beautiful. but I have one too. Oh my god! It is. I regret to inform you that it is very good. You regret to an extent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm here once again by Topo, or I'm I'm here once again with my Topo Chico. They are not affiliated with the podcast, <laughs> but they really should be. <laughs> uh, hit us up, Topo Chico. We really love your stuff. Um, but cheers, everyone. Let's get into it. Cheers, Tao. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. So I want to start, Tao, uh, by mentioning something that I read. Um, you were the host of Song Exploder for a while last year, right? Um, I was uh, for all of 2019. Yeah, I think, Ryan, you're a big fan of that show, aren't you? Indeed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked the um, the JSM and the Vampire Weekend interviews you did. Thank you. Oh, man, I haven't listened to JSM in a while. Thank you for the reminder, Ryan, mm-hmm. just now. Uh, what does it feel like to be on the other side of the mic right now, Tao? Um, it feels like <laughs> trying to remember all of those... Um, sp- speaking podcast speaking skills i cultivated (laughs) and then promptly let go of um (laughs) i actually i was like i was trying to remember i know i said thank you for both those interviews i don't i can't remember if i if i'm the one that did um the vampire weekend interview rishi might have done that but um I just wanted to be completely transparent and I didn't want to take credit for an interview I hadn't conducted. Yeah, I guess I, I suppose I remember liking it and I, I guess I remember, I guess I remember the content in it, the middle part of it more. So I, yeah, I'm, I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I'm, I, well, I did, I guess this is to show I did a lot of them. Um, and, uh, but that sounds familiar. Anyway, we can, yeah, I can, I can check back. We will drop oh, the damn. link to the episode yeah. in the liner notes here. And listeners, you can see for yourself who actually <laughs> conducted this interview. Yeah. If you hear my voice, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, your music, Tao. I know you've said in the past that you've only gotten a few minutes in interviews to really talk about the inspiration behind creating your music. And unfortunately, today won't be much different. We've got a limited <laughs> amount of time. Uh, but what can you tell us about this project that you're embarking on right now? For the record, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting... To me, it's, um, it's a pretty vital and interesting way to to try and stay in touch and connected um in this period of of not being able to tour and beyond you know i think it's a multi-pronged um opportunity to to uh to cultivate and and reconnect with people who are who have supported me over the years and who are fans of the music um as you know, the music industry already was undergoing so many changes so, so rapidly over the past few years. And then to just basically fall off a cliff, uh, and, and at a time when everything is on the table for reimagining and rebuilding, it's been really important for me to, to be a part of that discourse. And for my own purposes, for my own growth and my own artistic journey, um, to to reassess how I want to come back and and how I want to be in relationship to to fans. Mm-hmm. And you've also talked a little bit about feeling lighter and freer after just the tumultuous year that we've had. Uh, what has that meant for you and your creative process in doing uh, for the record? The freedom of working and having focus. And just really boring, granular things like having discipline and being in one place and calming my mind enough to steadily show up to work every day. By show up to work, I mean go into my living room. But, <laughs> to, you know, things that I've had enormous difficulties with over the years. And, you know, I've been doing this for, I've been touring for almost 15 years, over 15 years. And making records before was always pretty harrowing because I didn't have, you know, and plenty of people can write on tour. Plenty of people can make that a part of their touring routine and their life, but I, I could never. And so it was always this mad dash to finish the songs, get in the studio, record the thing, release it, tour it again. You know, it was, it was that hamster wheel that, um, that wasn't, um, as creatively inspiring or sound as I needed it to be. And that's, I'm someone who's taken a terribly long time in between albums, longer than I wanted, but it was, there was so much writer's block. There were so many um, psychological roadblocks that I had placed in front of myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. So to be able to just clearly, calmly work has been amazing. So Tal, your current project is for the record. Um, For any listeners who don't know what it is, could you explain what this project is? Sure. It's a multimedia publication that I've started. Um, it lives in its own domain, but it's through the Substack platform. It's made possible by Substack. Um, and it's this opportunity. I mean, in its in its digital physical form, it's a newsletter. So okay. it's, I'm sending newsletters to people. So people who sign up um, receive emails from me every week. And it's this um, 
ongoing documentation of my process for starting my next record and writing the songs for it, but also everything else that that entails. And, uh, and so every week I'll send, you know, a little demo of something I'm working on or an instrument I just bought or a piece of gear I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying out and, uh, other inspirations that I'm encountering, you know, and I make a few jokes, uh, (laughs) include a meme with a manatee, you know, (laughs) whatever the people want, you know, I'm, I'm essentially a public servant. (laughs) Uh, What kind of reaction have you gotten from fans so far? You know, people have been so sweet. Everyone's been, uh, you know, I, I think, well, the, oh, you know, the other aspect to For the Record that I appreciate so much is that it keeps me away from regular social media because mm. um, I can't, I just can't with that stuff. It's so toxic. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm very uh, reserved and and um, pretty squeamish um, on on those platforms because you just leave yourself susceptible to really terrible things. And, yeah. or, you know, I've experienced those things in the past. I have no interest in engaging. So I, I don't, I'm not involved or, you know, I'm not that responsive on social media. And so this is a way that people know that I'm actually um, in touch and corresponding because mm-hmm. I have no problem with being connected. It's just when you do it on those platforms, you just leave yourself open, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's been so sweet. People, you know, they... They just, uh, I do a Q&A every Friday. There's a Q&A where I record the responses and send them out in um, in MP3 form. And uh, so people get in touch with questions and um, they say very supportive things like, uh, you know, that one joke you said was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just that one, you know. <laughs> Compliments dressed in questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my favorite kind to receive and so that's called casual fridays right yes or is that still the segment okay yeah, yeah yeah that's that segment nice i am a fan i am a subscriber of the Substack. i mean call to action subscribe <laughs> um i just also love that you've been like with you mentioned how you you pull out instruments you you know you demonstrate in, you know instruments you found and such folks you can hear the sounds of a mellow guitar lap steel Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say which song, but there is a song that you can hear if you subscribe to it. Actually, how does that work, Tao? Can you access old Substacks when you subscribe? Yes. Yeah. If oh, you nice. subscribe, you have access to the entire archive. Wow. Oh, so it's never too late, folks. <laughs> That's right. I'm still going. I'm still going strong. <laughs> I know this is kind of hard to predict when you're like in the midst of creating something, but when do you anticipate like there to be like the final product of your work on, on this seventh album of yours? Given my track record of releasing albums, I would say it would be another at least year before Mm -hmm. there was a, a final product. But, um, my hope is that I, I, think it would be cool to maintain this relationship and show people the release process, you know, uh, um, taking this album on tour, sort of having having the, the journey documented through all of the iterations. 
Uh, but it would be, yeah, I think probably a year. That's not to say that I, I won't have songs, full songs written and recorded that might be released as singles. There might be an EP along the way. Um, we just announced a tour. I, I, I decided to take a tour um, for September, which is earlier than I thought I would be touring. So I'll be uh, documenting some of that. I'm going out with um, Julian Baker for September. Looking at For the Record, I think it's very interesting because um, it's more about the process of creation than the end result. Like it's it's kind of like a journey. And I actually want to read a, a quote by the lead singer of Beach Bunny, who I mentioned earlier. This was after she put out um, Honeymoon. Lily Trifili, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to say her last name. I'm so sorry, Lily. But she said when um, it was about to be released, um, I love Honeymoon, but I cannot relate to her, which is like, to me, this dissonance from like the process of recording to actually releasing. Right. So, I mean, for you, I guess, how do you feel when your work is done? Um, do you feel, or I guess I would just kind of want to keep this question open. Like, how does it feel when you're finally done putting out a record? Well, typically it doesn't really feel done till you're performing it on tour. And, and so with Temple, um, it's in this really interesting space where it's out there, but I don't, I haven't seen proof of it. (laughs) You know, I don't know how, you know, people can write and say how they've responded, but I, I haven't seen any real-time reactions to the songs and that emotion. Um, separate from performing it live, it feels, it's 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 intense. It, especially the, the records that I've made, it, I've gone to very personal places and then I've had to, at a certain point, make that decision to um, release release it in every way because it belongs to me, but also I made it to not belong entirely to me. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that process is very sweet as well, because you can start to see how people receive it and absorb it and connections they make, recognition they have within songs, you know, how they might see themselves or see their own lives. You know, if you're lucky enough to connect in that way, that, that part is is really satisfying. And that's something that we really haven't gotten a lot of in the past year. And I feel like I, I mentioned that a lot in all the interviews that we conduct. Um, do you think that there has been a way at least over the past year when everyone's been separate to like capture that feeling again, or has it mostly been waiting for the opportunity to take your music out there again? You know, I've experienced it a couple times where it feels like there's energy there, even though it's a live stream, the one that I can think of, the moment that I can think of where it felt like, you know, the people who were there with me, that we were together, <laughs> even though we were incredibly apart. And I was deeply embarrassed that this happened. Um, I was doing a live stream for this, uh, for, um, it was a joint venture between the Kennedy Center and Yerba Buena Center for the Arts in the Bay in San Francisco. And it was the first live stream at the beginning of the pandemic, but it was becoming for me. So it was very early on, but it was becoming clear that this disaster was unfolding. And it was also becoming clear that no one knew 
when they would see their parents again. You know, if you live across the country from your parents, I live across the country from my mom. It, it had just started to dawn on me that I didn't know when I would see her again. And given the panic and, you know, you worry about everyone's safety. Um, anyway, and, you know, when you send your mom a link, you don't know if she's going to click on it. What's ha- that was also the beginning of Zoom and all this stuff. No one knows what parents are doing, if they're going to, you know. So I had just emailed a link and I said, this is happening. And I didn't hear from her, you know. And so I started um, the live stream and I was performing and I had dedicated a song to her, which I wrote for her when I was uh, a lot younger. And, um, but I didn't think she had signed on. And then the, this was also when the comment windows were really big and you could see people saying hello or whatever. And I looked up and she had, you know, she said, I'm here. <laughs> and I started weeping. Like, and it was, that's not, I didn't, you know, no one wants to do that on the internet live. I, you know, and, but I could not help it. I, I was singing the song. I couldn't handle it, you know? And, and so that was a moment where, um, I felt th- like everybody was experiencing, um, that same, just, you know, boundless fear and uncertainty. I think it's easy to forget this late into the pandemic, just how terrifying those first few weeks are, or were, mm-hmm. uh, at least personally, like I had like about two weeks where I was like, my life is falling apart. And I don't think I got out of bed at all during like the first 14 days. And I think it's really interesting how easily we can adapt to unspeakable circumstances. I think it really speaks to how resilient humanity is. Like, here we are a year later, like, we did this. (laughs) We didn't do it without losing a lot, but we're still here. And in the first piece I read with Substack, you kind of posed this question of yourself that was, when everything comes back, how will I come back? And that got me thinking, especially now that we can kind of see the end of the pandemic in sight, um, how would you like to come back? And I kind of want to hear from everyone. Like, how do you want to come back now that we see the light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, I'm coming back and uh, how I will come back is um, taking no shit <laughs> within reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good one, though. <laughs> I love the within reason. <laughs> I wish it's- <laughs> I mean it's well, I mean it's really honest right, right? Like, <laughs> that's sometimes why. yeah I'm kind of a practical person so you know I don't know <laughs> I definitely got that sense of taking no shit from the album from Temple um like a, a lot of anger a lot of anger in it but in really uh manifested in it really interesting ways and um creative lines um and Thank it, you. if I've I feel like you could have released it. It could have come out May this year and would still be like it. It's still so powerful for this moment because as much of things seemingly have gotten better, a lot still hasn't changed and there's still a lot of shit. There's a great line where it goes from, I think you say you're at the bottom and you mentioned, um, what is it? The, uh, you make a reference to bootstrapping, mm-hmm. pull the bootstrap tight, strap it on and top them. Amazing mm-hmm. line. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> And the synth sounds are also really interesting on it. And it's so, um, they, they just sound sort of distorted and, and they sound angry and, um, and kind of unsettling. So, um, 
yeah, that comes through on the album. That, Thanks so that feeling. much. Thanks. I might try to re-release that album in, in May. Who knows? Do it. <laughs> Do it. Just kidding, but I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> the quickest reissue. Ever. Yeah. Like the one year anniversary. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what was your original question, Anthony? How, how do we want to come back? How do we want to come back to the world? Mm, yeah. I think, yeah. I think if anything, I'd like to come back with just uh, a, a better understanding of where my boundaries are with people and things that I'm either willing to do or don't not willing to do or be around or not be around. And I think that's something I hope to take with me beyond all of it. Mm. I think for me, um, the key word is presence. I have mentioned on the show before that I have um, been studying uh, Tibetan and Shambhala Buddhism for a few years now, but I think like the idea of being present has always been kind of an abstract one for me until very recently. And by very recently, I mean yesterday. Um, (laughs) So I just, I, I had this like, really amazing day on saturday with a good friend of mine where we got a hotel room and then we hung out by a pool and we just like hung out and danced with each other for like an entire day and like the day afterwards i'm at work and i'm still kind of like in this space where just everything felt really good and i sat at my chair and i'm like outside i don't know if if anyone I mean, I mentioned this, like I'm I'm a location sound mixer. So I'm like sitting outside of a building in Hollywood, like waiting to be useful. And I'm feeling like this nice, refreshing breeze. And I'm hearing this mixture of like an air conditioning running and birds chirping and a siren in the background. And I just felt like that moment was the only moment that mattered. And I wrote it down because like, I feel like I finally got it. Like, this is what it means to be present. And I want to remember that and I want to bring that with me like out of this. So that's my answer. Hmm. And Ryan wants to come out with a massive pile of NFT money. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Not so much. I think if, if I could make even just like 50 cents off the dumbest NFT ever, that would be fulfilling. (laughs) You know, like I said last week, like a photo of, of, uh, of a hole in the wall, like, you know, someone punching a hole in wall, if I could sell that, that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd like to come out of this as an NFT artist and thought leader. <laughs> thought, um, oh God, isn't thought leader not a great, that's not a great term. <laughs> Maybe I've been on LinkedIn recently. I've been seeing stuff like that. Um, oh my. I'd like to emerge from this as someone who's not on LinkedIn and not looking at <laughs> other people and not comparing myself to other people because I think being in this um, you I've found myself on social media more, which town noted is, um, a great place to not be. And yeah. I've been there a lot and I've, you know, so I think I'd like to be, this pandemic has showed me that I'd like to be on it less, I think. And, um, so I suppose, um, establishing boundaries like you have Pedro, but more with, um, with social media, I guess in the digital world. In fact, I'm going to sign off. No, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my. That's that's how I'd like to emerge. It's also notable that you created an Instagram in the pandemic. That's true. <laughs> it's indeed notable. It's true. <laughs> so notable. Everyone was talking about it. I mean, <laughs> listen to the occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everyone. Everyone just 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Tal, I, I have that... a quick question for you. Oh, yeah, I, go for it. Sorry, Anthony. Sorry. I am um, so um, Pedro. When Pedro started talking about, or no, sorry, Anthony, when you started talking about the sounds you were hearing, I started thinking about my brain just went to like wanting to sample that. Like, oh, that'd be a great place to <laughs> to get some uh, samples. You know? Do you <laughs> do you have you gone into the wild much and done any sampling for any of your uh, records at all? Um, I've sampled nothing in the wild, um, mm. but I would like to definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm of your mind, um, in that regard, sampling, I've, I've approached it more as, um, when I've been writing riffs on guitar or bass and then capturing those and then manipulating those clips as samples. Oh. Um, but, uh. But I've been messing around more with the OP one and and different gadgets that that um that allow for easier sampling. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. So looking at a broader scope here, Tao, I saw that you've been involved with a lot of charitable organizations over the years, including Oxfam America and the California Coalition for Women Prisoners. Uh, so what motivated you to get involved in these movements? I want no matter what to always be involved with different organizations that I align with. For a long time in my career, I felt that I couldn't only focus on music, but not, um, but in a way that it, I wasn't worthy like my work wasn't worthy enough for it to be the only thing that I offered you know and that's its own other complication um I've always tried to intertwine my work with um with causes that I support but I am recently doing so in a way that doesn't um dilute or diminish the work I've made you know what I mean Mm um but I you know when I uh, I majored in sociology and women's studies in college, and my intention was to go into domestic violence prevention work or some kind of um, social work. But then I decided to pursue music instead. And I think from there, I always had this. It was a really, it was really important to me to to use whatever platform I built to help bring attention and and awareness and support to to causes that were important to me. I would like to get serious for just a second here. Um, Tunes and Tumblers fans know that we had this interview uh, with you scheduled for a while. And unfortunately, due to events beyond our control, we had to push back a little bit. And I'm talking specifically about the uh, mass shooting that happened in Atlanta a few weeks ago. And that kind of brought to the forefront um, the significant rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans that Um, we've seen over the past year. And I think that there are ways, no matter who we are, to get involved to help out our our neighbors. Um, Do you see a way for people in the music industry, especially people like us, people like uh, Atwood Magazine, just musicians in general, um, do you see a way that we and they can become more involved for the cause? Yes. Thank you for asking. I think it's important for anyone within the music industry to approach it from within and from without. Just the things that you can do within the realms, uh, within your professional realm, or um, are part and parcel 
um, to what you can do as a person in the world. Um, I think just the condemnation of violence at this point, I'd, I, I, th- I think um, anyone with the interest and the capacity to do more should. And I believe it's there. Okay, well, let's let's go within the industry and within the consumption and the production and the propulsion of media and art to to not just create space um, for the art and the different narratives of Asian American artists, but to create the demand for it, Mm -hmm. you know, to seek it out and don't just Mm. don't stop at one and. Um, you know, the, these ideas, the writer Viet Thanh Nguyen talks about it a lot, the ideas of narrative plenitude versus narrative scarcity, and don't make a single artist the representative of, you know, myriad stories and, and, um, endless life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to pay attention to the economic realities of, of creating creating the demand for art in different stories is really important and you know i've i've asked people who work with me in a professional setting to to better understand and better try to understand what the experience of you know and what the the shooting in atlanta brought to light that very really specific intersection of racism and misogyny that asian women experience um, is something that I've encountered. That's something that when I'm out cast out in the world touring, not to say that I don't love tour, that I'm not grateful for my job, all these things. But if, you know, if you're part of, um, and this is very specific to the music world, if you're part of the ecosystem, then, then try to better understand what that experience, what that real world experience is like and what those vulnerabilities are. Uh, and reach out to people, you know. I th- I think it's hard. It's tough. It's like a really uncomfortable thing to say, you know. Wh- what a, it's an awkward. It's it can be clumsy. I've had that experience with other, with members of other communities where you're just like, I have been thinking of you, but I'm, I don't. I just feel so weird saying this because I don't mean to reduce you to this or like I, you know, obviously. And I um. I will say that I just appreciate when people acknowledge it because it is such an isolating, uh, scary moment. You know, the way it's culminated has been terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in that spirit, um, I would like to mention that if you go to tunes and tumblers on Instagram and click our link in bio, we have, um, several, uh, pages for you to get involved. We have stop AAPI hate, we have APAWF, which is the National Asian Pacific American Women's Forum, and um, we have Advancing Justice, too. So click on any of those. See if it's uh, something that you can do in your community or with your time. I appreciate that, Anthony. And can I add a couple other things now that I'm getting all I'm getting yeah, riled absolutely. up? Um, the, uh, the idea of rhetoric and taunting, this, this is what I've encountered in my life. A lot of shit, when it's not scary or violent and even when it's threatening you're encouraged to dismiss it as a joke um if if in the propagation and consumption of and the demand for stories 
you know, that that humanization happens so that the next time, if you have a friend that says, oh, that, you know, that the over the hypersexualization of Asian women that that you've heard so much about, or I, I assume because I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And I'm so glad for this language to be out there now because it um, it's this opportunity to talk about this deeply damaging shit that happens, but we've, there's never been enough space for it. But, you know, how many times have I been called you know, an Asian bitch or, a, you know, all that love me long time, all that shit um, that is, uh, that people request, um, be dismissed or laughed off. You know, if, if people are confronted with that and actually call out, um, a friend or an acquaintance, uh, you know, when they're, when they hear such things, it, it, um, I, I just am really astounded by the frequency and the prevalence with which those things are still, uh, dispensed and i don't know why it's still happening and um i don't know i just I, i'm assuming that it, people are encountering it and and not saying anything and and allowing it to continue i think that's a really good point and this is um something that is mentioned in a lot of spaces with misogyny and racism especially from white men um if you are a a white person like like myself and you hear some one of your friends saying something that could be disparaging. It's as simple as saying, hey, that's not cool. Um, don't create a safe space for them to uh, to say that around you. Um, of course, that's only the first step, but it's also a very important one. Unfortunately, our conversation didn't conclude on the most uplifting of notes, but uh, <laughs> I want to do something um, really quick. Uh, you were saying uh, that um, there needs to be more space and demand for Asian American stories. And I think it might be good right now just for each of us to mention um, an Asian American or Pacific Islander uh, artist, musician that you should listen to. And I can start. I am a big fan of a rock band of Korean American musicians uh, from California. They are called Run River North, and I've been listening to them for about five years now. Um, They are classically trained uh they're very loud um but they also have like kind of a mellower folk vibe at times all over the spectrum uh my favorite song by them is called 29 so go check that out great stuff uh i can name one um hana vu is somebody who um i've been really into she had an album in 2019 called uh nicole kidman and hathaway and um Mm -hmm. (laughs) she kind of makes um a lot of it a lot of the times i think it gets lumped into bedroom pop which is sort of interesting since she, I think that happens when people kind of do everything on their own. And so, but it's, um, she has a really interesting perspective and it's really great if you're a fan of synth pop and, um, and kind of deep, emotionally reflective, uh, pop music. So that's who I'd recommend. Uh, this is an amazing musician based in California. And I actually met her through the Kronos Quartet because she has done a, a few projects with them and, and we were a, a, a while back trying to figure out if we could uh, all work on a collaboration together. Um, her name is, um, well, her stage name is Vanessa Vo. Um, her full name is Vanon Vo, but I think she performs under Vanessa Vo. And um, she's 
this remarkable instrumentalist, and um, she works primarily with um, traditional Vietnamese instruments, uh, like this dung um, tran, which is this long sort of zither like stringed instrument, and a, a few other ones um, that she's had. She's added pickups to. She she um, oh, wow. is based in the traditional form it, to an extent, and then is just this incredibly um, dynamic, um, inventive player. And um, I haven't seen her in a while, but um, she's she's amazing. And there's definitely if you check out her work with the Kronos Quartet, and and she's she's done a lot of um, done a lot of performing within the the. Um, more cultural arts corner. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice one. Yeah. Well, um, one of the rules of the show is that anytime an artist or band gets mentioned, we add it to the, um, companion playlist for the show. So we will, we'll add some, we'll add some of that on there. Awesome. I'm sure our listeners already know Toro Imoa pretty well. He's one of my favorites. Um, and he's of Filipino heritage. Um, I mean, he just makes some incredible music, such groovy stuff. I, I love everything he makes. Um, and then there's also uh, Kero Kero Bonito, um, the uh, sort of a, a Japanese pop group led by uh, Sarah Midori Perry, um, who is, I think she hails from Japan They're via London. Um, their stuff always makes me smile. It's very happy, very poppy. Um, and it's just, it's, it's great music. I love it so much. It's, it's one of those, they're, they're those artists who you don't have to know what they're saying to enjoy what they're making. Go check those awesome. out, Tunes and Tumblers fam, in the playlist down below. Well, thank you so much, Tao, for this conversation. Um, I really wish we could continue this more talk uh, about, for the record, some more about your previous work. But unfortunately, the podcast has to end at some point. But before we go, I would like your help, everyone's help, with a little round of hashtag mood. What does everyone say? Let's do it. All right, Drew, hit the theme song. (laughs) This is such a fun thing. Thank you, Jacob Jeffries. Thank you, Jesse McGinty, for making us smile once again. Your work is always appreciated. Brilliant. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So hashtag mood, Tao, is this little game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. We are going to go over to the Tunes and Tumblers hotline where we will listen to a message sent from a fan. That message will tell us what their mood is. The mood can be anything from it's raining outside to uh you just got done with the worst date ever at tiki tea and that was one that actually happened particularly harrowing yes that was a big (laughs) oof hopefully this will be a better one each of us will get a chance to put one song to this mood to create the ultimate playlist drew do you have that message for us you have one new message hey tunes and tumblers this is connor fitzpatrick i am thinking of a mood where you're going to see some friends we haven't seen in a long time. Many of us haven't been able to travel because of these trying times and all that stuff. Um, but it's been too long since many of us have been able to see some friends from long ago. And getting through the airport can be pretty rough. You've got to get through security, get up in the air. It can be just kind of a hassle sometimes. So 
on a good playlist to get me through that trip and into the caring arms of my friends. Yep, that's the mood I want. Thanks so much. Bye. It's all about him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I've Every experience I've had with the airport is smooth, flawless, uh, <laughs> totally convenient. Yeah. So. How do you recommend? I don't, I'm not sure I can help here. <laughs> no, that's All a right. good one. That's a good one. But. Yeah. <laughs> I do happen to have one. Oh, good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it was, um, it's the combination of seeing friends and getting hyped up for that, but then also the um, um, preparing for the potential risks of travel. Uh, and it's um, Bad Girls MIA. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> Love that. Is that. I actually, I used to have that for my um, walk-on music for um, the top of the show. And it gets me so pumped up. Oh, and man. The, and then <laughs> we, can, that. we can take on the world. That's Love so that. good. Together. Together. Oh, man, that's such a good pick. Thank you. How are we going to follow that? So when I think about this, I think about like the waiting and the frustration and how we're almost ready to do this. Um, and, and I kind of want to capture that feeling in a bottle. So I'm actually going to use a song by former guest, the aces called waiting for you from their album. When my heart felt volcanic. And I really resonate with um, the line that they have here. I've been sitting here waiting. I've been waiting for you. I've sent out invitations. It's getting frustrating waiting for you. So that's where I am. Um, I'm ready to get on that plane. I'm ready to see my loved ones and I'm going to blast the aces. Doubt. Awesome. That's a good one. I can go next. Mine, I chose a an old house track from like 2010 by Cashmere called Brighter Days. So the lyrics basically just lift me up to a brighter day. Like, just lift <laughs> me up. And it's just got this like steady beat, just that anticipation building before you get to see all your friends. And you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then finally... You're there. And it's such a good time. So, brighter days. Nice. I wanted to do I Am The Fly by Wire, but I don't think that's going to help. It's probably going to irritate you more and <laughs> agitate you more. So, I'm going to go with... I'm going to stay in theme here, I think. And I'm going to go with um, a song called No More Tears by the group The Loading Zone, um, who are a 60s soul group who I think are mostly known for being sampled. Um their song Can I Dedicate's been sampled a lot, I think, by a lot of hip hop artists. But No More Tears is is the one for me. That's my favorite <laughs> one from them. And I think it, it kind of speaks for itself. Um so no more tears waiting, no more tears going through the airport, no more tears waiting for a hot dog on a stick to open. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's what you can't wait for. There is a really, Sorry. really great, um, the most interesting and creative uh, corndog place I have ever been to. And it's in Koreatown in Los Angeles. And I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I will drop the Yelp link in the bio. If you live in LA and you really, really want delicious, creative uh, hot dogs that'll just knock you out for the whole night. Um, click the link, please. You're gonna just get wasted on hot dogs. Seriously, there was like one that had like mango on it, like oh, mango spikes. Good. It was it was wow. crazy. Spikes. Um, yeah, mm. I I'll have to drop some images too. Uh, 
Well, Connor, I hope you like your playlist and I hope you're ready to loop these four songs um, for your three hour flight. (laughs) (laughs) But listeners, if you have a mood of your own, leave us a message by calling the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. Let us soundtrack your therapy session or your flight back home or whatever you need. Plus, (laughs) Drew is a great listener. (laughs) And with that, we have come to last call. Any lingering thoughts, anyone, about For the Record, about getting ready for things to open back up, about anything? Remember, it's never too late to subscribe. You can get everything. (laughs) I guarantee at least one email. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as a subscriber, I have to second that, you know, get on it until you'll get get all the, the juicy announcements and exclusive content there. Mm-hmm. And rare, rare manatee memes. Let's not forget <laughs> Extremely that. Extremely rare NFT <laughs> manatee memes. <laughs> I think we should leave it at that. <laughs> Tao, do you have anything else you'd like to plug before we say goodbye? Um, no, no. I I appreciate. I want to plug tunes and tumblers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plug within a plug. Yeah. Plug within a plug. It's, it's, uh, I'm the meta guest. Uh, but I really appreciate um, getting to hang out with y'all. Uh, same. Thanks so much yeah, for joining thank you. us. Thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing and well worth the wait. I appreciate that. <clears throat> and thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers. 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 Cheers.